podcast is brought to you by TechSmith. Right now, millions of people are snagging. Are you? And by the IA Summit. This year, your peers and industry experts will speak about how topics such as social networking, gaming, patterns, tagging, taxonomies, and a wide range of IA tools and techniques can help as users experience information. For other events happening all over the world, be sure to check out events.boxesandarrows.com. The other day, I had the chance to speak with Jeff Lash and Chris Baum on their two-part article, Transitioning from User Experience to Product Manager. We talk about how more and more UX professionals are looking at taking on the role of a product manager and the pros and cons of both professions. In particular, things to be very aware of if you're going to make that transition and knowing the differences in the roles and responsibilities and what ultimately you're accountable for as a product manager that you may not be currently accountable for as a UX practitioner. A huge thank you to Jeff and Chris for taking time to join me today, and I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. In your article, you mentioned that product management is uh, garnering more interest from interaction designers, information architects, and UX designers looking to increase their influence and ensure user-centered product development. Uh, Jeff, the first part of the article talks about defining what is a product manager. Maybe you could talk to our listeners a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, I think as we described in the article, you know, traditional product management treats the product manager as kind of president of the product. So really... There should be one person uh, who's in charge of all aspects of the product, and obviously you need to work with people from different areas of the business, so finance, sales, marketing, development, engineering, production, things like that. But um, really, as you know, I think we've seen on lots of projects and products, you need to have that one person who's coordinating all those elements and really taking ownership and overall responsibility for the success of the product. Exactly. Chris, you go on to talk about the responsibility of product managers, and you note that because user experience professionals are often already fluent in understanding customer needs and knowledgeable about the markets for which they're designing, they have the potential to make very good product managers. Uh, maybe you can outline some of, the, some of the key points and why they make good product managers. Well, because, I mean, first and foremost, we really understand as UX professionals, our job is to understand how people approach using the product. Um, and really, at, it, at its core, when you start going across all those different elements that Jeff mentioned, the idea is that you can bring that knowledge to the entire product, not just the, the user experience or the interface, but also things like the marketing and the uh, service aspects of the product. And you know, really, having that larger purview you know, makes it it really leverages the knowledge that we have as user advocates. Right. In the article as well, uh, this I guess address this question to both of you, that you outline a, a framework for uh, how to uh, monitor uh, market response, and the framework follows uh, vision, strategy, a roadmap, requirements, and features. Um, as UX professionals moving into product management roles, uh, might there be a tendency for them to jump straight to the roadmap without having experience in developing vision strategies before, vision and strategy? Yeah, this is Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's always a challenge. I mean, I think that's not just for user experience professionals. I think it's for anyone is to, to really be able to step back and say, you know, what is the purpose of what we're doing? I think, you know, the tendency a lot of times is, you know, if you've got a, a product that was, um, you know, a single inventor had a great idea and says, oh, you know, we've got this great idea for a product. Let's go ahead and start building it. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of people even skip the roadmap and just get to, all right, what are the features it should have? And I think that, um, you know, as 
UX professionals, a lot of times, you know, people are brought in kind of once the requirements or features have been defined, and they're used to spending most of their time really saying, okay, how can we best design this feature, or what's the interface that it should um, should work with? But I think really, um, you know, good product management, you know, spends a lot of time on those upfront activities. You know, really establishing what is the vision for this product, what's the market for it, you know, how are we different than our competitors, and um, you know what are the market needs that we're that we're uh, going to be solving, and I think you know, like Chris mentioned, I think user experience professionals are um, have a lot of the traits and and experience that helps because really we spend a lot of time, um, you know, in in usability research and uh, you know site visits and things like that, really trying to understand the underlying needs and problems of of our users that we're trying to solve, and that can flow into that you know process of creating that vision and strategy. Exactly. Uh, Chris, the other point that was mentioned here was this idea of uh, the roles and responsibility would be something like portfolio management. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that and what that involves. Well, I mean, uh, for example, one of um, my positions is I worked at E-Trade. Um, and, you know, E-Trade, of course, has, you know, several different business lines. There's not only the website aspects of it, but the um, software, they have uh, trading software as well. And the thing is that as you, as a product manager, learn more about the customers that you're serving and bring that knowledge into your product, you can also start to, you know, gather knowledge and share your knowledge with people in other products. Um, for example, like when I was at E-Trade, I did a lot of things around the, um, the customer service aspects, like the content around that, helping people find information, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So of course... Customer service in and of itself is really more about finding content about the other products on the site. And so I, ha I was working very closely with other product managers there to figure out what they were trying to communicate with their product, make sure that not only could the customers find the information they were looking for, um, but also that we represented those other products in the right light that fit with their vision and their strategy, um, and also influence that vision and strategy through what we were finding out, what customers were having issues with. Yeah, that, that's interesting because you also go on to talk about in this article about the, the roles uh, of a UX designer versus that of, say, a product product manager, and you outline three main areas of responsibility, uh, focus, and reliance. Uh, Jeff, maybe you could talk a little bit about those those three areas and how they differ. Sure. I mean, I think um, you know this kind of this part of the article came about because you know in, in talking about this and discussing it and talking with other people, I know there's kind of sometimes a lot of confusion and um, there's a great article that we reference um, by Jonathan Corman of Cooper, who really kind of, I think, hits the nail on the head as far as, you know, describing, you know, what he as a user experience professional does, and then having people say, well, you know, in my organization, we call that a product manager. So really, we wanted to try and delineate, you know, how is it really different? So I think responsibility is the, the probably the biggest area, and in, in kind of what we were talking about earlier, in that, you know, a, a product manager is responsible for the overall product, and while each individual contributor to the product um, should be concerned with its overall success. Really, they're not responsible for it. So, a user experience person should be, you know, obviously concerned with the marketing strategy and the pricing and the engineering work. But really, they're not responsible for those aspects. Whereas the product manager is. Uh, focus kind of ties into that. And again, that uh, you know, each contributor, the user experience person, is focused on the user experience aspect. The Software engineer is focused on the software development. They're focusing on those individual areas where the product manager is not really focusing on any one area but needs to understand what's going on in every area. 
and lastly reliance and just that you know as a product manager I rely on the people I'm working with on my product development team to do their work you know an information architect usually is not relying too much on anyone else they're in general responsible and accountable and have everything they need to do their own uh, their own job but in my case you know as a product manager I'm relying on all these other people and obviously working with them um, so it's a different you know, that's kind of gets into the more of the uh, the softer side of product management. You know, the leadership and the team building and cross-functional teams and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because also, I mean, you point in the article, Chris, that you know how to deal with conflict between product management and user experience. Because ultimately, a product management role, at least from from what I gathered from the these two articles, is really looking at the bigger picture and not focusing on a niche area, as just Jeff just described around, say, you know, an information architect and dealing with con uh, conflict is a is a critical part of a product management role. I would imagine. Exactly. I mean, in. In part of the article, in the second part, we talk a little bit about um, the product manager being more like a coach right. uh, on a professional sports team. Um, it's someone who um, is trying to gather all these people that have you know, amazing talents and get them all moving towards the same goal. Um, and you know that you know using the sports analogy seems a little tired, but it is so true because I mean, it's, especially as a product manager, in many cases. You don't have authority over the usability people or the engineers. They're reporting into other structures in the organization. And unless you can communicate your vision in a way that gets them excited to participate in it, you, you'll end up having them refocusing on what they want to do as technologists or what they think is right as a user experience professional. Um, so you know, the, the idea behind being able to get all those people going in the same direction is actually like when it works really well, it's really powerful. Yes, um, but it can be tricky. And f and following up on that point, Chris, um, in your article, you say that product managers should not be detached from customers um, sitting in the office and meetings while user researchers conducting research. Is there is there a tendency for product managers to to not be involved in in the UX process in general from your it's from your really experience? Easy, right. Yeah. yeah, because you have the user experience people, um, and especially. It, at first, it can actually be you can like let go of more of that, especially if you, you trust the user experience people you're working with, because you can be worried about you know like focusing on the vision or examining the market opportunities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the thing that that pretty much any product manager has to do, and it's too easy to let go of, is make sure that you're touching the people that you're affecting. Um, but you know. Seeing as you have to touch all these different areas, it's really easy to focus on, you know, you know, managing up, um, right. getting the programmatic aspects of your product um, in order, you know, getting the resources for it. Um, but unless you continually come back and touch the market yourself, mm -hmm. you lose that perspective. And so it's something we really wanted to put forth in the article. Right. I think just to add on to that, I think again, it's you know, if your job, your sole job, is to understand the users and create the designs around that. Then obviously um, you're going to be focused on spending a lot of time talking with customers. But you know, as a product manager, that's one of your many responsibilities. So it's you know it's, it's tough to get out of the office sometimes. You know when you've got meetings and you're talking about pricing and marketing and logistics and operations and things like that. It's a lot tougher. But um, I don't think I would be surprised if uh, if user experience people who transition into product management um, have a problem doing that. I think it's kind of in our blood. You know, it's something that 
I don't need to be told to do. I just understand I need, you know, I set goals for myself and I make sure I do it. But I think for people maybe transitioning to product management from other areas who haven't had as much of a background in getting out and talking with customers, you know, face to face, um, you need to be kind of reminded. And I right. think, you know, it's a, it's probably the, the central tenant of good product management is really to understand the market, not just, you know, what your customers needs, but what, what what's the competitive space, what, what's the market, you know, is it growing, are there technology changes, are there society changes that are going to be impacting it? Yeah. So, so ultimately those experiences as a UX designer will actually, is actually a strength going into a product management role. Would you I say so? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped me into transition is that, you know, I've, I've been able to really focus on, um, you know, what do our customers need? What do our users need? How can we provide that to them? Um, I think that's that's been the biggest thing that helps me out. There's a lot of other things that I've had to learn along the way that I didn't have as much experience in. But I think if there's one thing that I could say, you know, if you want to be a good product manager, it's to really make sure you understand your market, understand your customer needs, and uh, create your vision and strategy around, you know, solving those customer problems. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually a great transition into the second part of your paper, <clears throat> because you talk about uh, the idea of, you know, making that tr transition and things that you need to understand about that, the product management role. Uh, in the first part of the paper, you talk about what you do as a product manager that you don't do as a UX professional. And a couple of points that I found really interesting were uh, the first one, which is evangelize the product. Uh, you must champion uh, you must be the, you must champion both the product internally and externally and and that's a bit of a difference in a shift in the way that UX professionals work I mean that's it's really true um, yeah. it, you know being the uh, product manager puts you in a position that um, like as I mentioned before the whole idea of being the coach and you know part of that is the motivational aspects of it and not only do you need to motivate internally with the people that you work with in the the various you know, the engineering team, the finance team, the marketing team, etc. Um, it's really important for you to, as Jeff has said before, it's really, I think, kind of brilliant. You not only have to um, drink the Kool-Aid, you have to make it and get everyone else to drink it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Jeff, the other point that, that, was, that was of interest to me in here was the provide input on strategies of other products within the organization. So again, I, I think it speaks to this idea of being able to really communicate effectively and and uh, and sort of think outside the UX box and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, and it, and it gets back gets back to what we were talking about earlier about um, you know how how your pro the portfolio management aspect and that's actually one of the areas that I think prompted the most comments on the first part of the article was just about you know great you know you're managing this product but no product really stands alone and I think uh, more and more we're starting to see within organizations you know really some some um, more attention being paid to how products fit together. You know, the, the Google example of Gmail and the Google Calendar and Google Documents is a good one. You know, Yahoo has, has done this for a long time and making their products all work together. But I think, you know, unless your company has one product, and most companies don't, um, you know, really you need to start thinking about that. And it's one area I know that can be frustrating sometimes as a user experience professional saying, you know, oh, well, this seeing what's going on in one area of the company and saying, well, geez, you know, I, I should be able to give some input on that. I have some experience talking with customers and things that I've learned that could help provide input. And sometimes you're just not, you know, they don't invite you to the table. And yeah. for better or for worse, whether it's right or wrong, as a product manager, um, you know, you just by default sometimes get invited. Um, I know lots of people who are UX professionals who are involved in those much, uh, those important higher level strategy discussions, but a lot of times you're not. So 
Um, I think that's a big responsibility of not only having ownership for your product, but then working with the other products in the system and making sure everything works together well. Absolutely. Uh, the next part of the paper, you talk about challenges and forces working against you, which which Jeff, you just, which Jeff and Chris, excuse me, you both talked about at the first part. Um, but one of them was, um, as a product manager, you'll have little to no actual authority, and you and you're 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 quoting uh, Guy uh, Kowalski. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, described Kawasaki. Kawasaki. Thank you. Uh, described a product manager as someone who has all of the responsibility and none of the power. So I read that and I think, well, why in the world would you want to get into product management then? <laughs> um, but but this but this is a reality of the role of a product manager. Correct, Chris? That, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, in you know more ways than we can really express in, in just the article. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know when when you start talking about touching all these different. Um, practices within the organization, like they all have their own portfolios too. So you have the engineering team all talking amongst each other about what the best technologies are, and they're trying to bring those influences into their work as practitioners. Same with the user experience folks, and the same with the marketing folks, and the same with the finance folks. And and so you know it's really it's a challenge because you you want to listen to all those influences. Yeah. Um, but you also don't really have direct control over them, and so it's really an interesting, it's really interesting uh, dynamic to try to take, you know, take the input, but make sure that everyone kind of goes for the same goal. Um, and you know, personally, it's been very interesting adjustment to go from, you know, making recommendations about what the product should do and. You know, sometimes having them honored and sometimes not, to being the one that takes the recommendations and you know makes a decision for the product, but yet you know need to make sure that um, that we honor where they're coming from, so that you you make sure that you give the that people the right attention, and that they get that you you make sure that they get um, they feel like they were heard in the right, right way, and that you really seriously consider it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's you know probably the biggest misconception that people have about product management is you know if you've ever if you're a UX person you've been on a project and you said oh you know they just put me in charge of that website or if I was in charge of that software like you know I'd, I'd fix everything and this I think there's this misconception that you know just because you have the title product manager you can change all these things and that's you know the the biggest thing that you have to learn it's you know how do you lead without authority. And I think it goes back to a lot of the concepts we've been talking about again about, you know, establishing that vision and, and like Chris said, you know, working with the, the other teams and really it's also at an at executive level of trying to get, you know, you need to get funding for your project. Why is, why is this product more important than something else? And it's really about, you know, setting the, telling the story about why this product is important, what you're trying to do and getting people on board with it because, you know, you're, yeah, you're competing for resources, whether, whether you like it or not, you've, um, You've got to get people excited, and it's much easier to get to make things happen in an organization when you've got a real good, you know, when you've got a product that people want to be a part of, rather than you know something where you're just telling people what to do. Yeah. Um, and and that's tough. I mean, that's that that's really an, an issue about like management and leadership, not specific to product management even. Yeah. And at the heart of a lot of this, I think, is the fact that if you have, you know. 
uh, all the responsibility and all the power, it speaks to one of the, the other key points here is that you'll be at the center of regular disagreements between stakeholders. And, and managing that conflict is, well, personal, professional relationships. In order to move forward, you need to, you need to move through the conflict to get to the other side, to, to sort of step yourself up to keep getting better. Um, but very, there aren't very many people that are very good at dealing or managing conflict. So obviously, as a product manager, uh, I would imagine, uh, Chris, this would be, this would be a key part of the person's job and to be able to be very good at managing. Uh, that's uh, a bit of an understatement. <laughs> and, and a half. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't articulate that as clearly as I should have maybe, but, uh, but this, this is, if someone's moving into this role, this is something they have to be aware of, that this is going to be a part of their, part of their daily life. Absolutely. Um, right. You know, it, it comes from every direction. Mm -hmm. um, and re really, you know, being someone who has kind of been interested in the whole, like, cognitive aspects of user experience, um, it's been really an interesting function to, like, step back for, and watch my own reaction to things. Right. Um, because your reaction actually dictates in many ways how other people react to you and react to the product and react to the decisions you make. Um, where, because the product manager, at, at your most basic, you represent the product overall. And so people are constantly like looking to you for how you feel like certain decisions and certain effects are going to, to you know, change the product or you know, help or hinder its vision. So it's been really interesting for me to you know, kind of step back and kind of understand the kind of um, personality aspects of it right. um, to you know, make sure that I'm giving people the right amount of attention um, mm -hmm. that, you know, that you take into account all of the effects, not only from a business standpoint, from a personality standpoint, and kind of keep those all up in the air at the same time. It's very much a juggling act. Right. And there's really a, a fine line that you have to walk. You know, if you're too authoritative and too, you know, uh, too much of a, you know, this is how it goes, then you're going to turn off people that you need to have good relationship with. If you're not enough of a leader, if you're not forceful, strong enough, um, then, you know, you're going to be, you're essentially going to take a backseat to whoever's, you know, the most influential or yelling the loudest. So there's a there's a fine line that product managers need to to walk, and you know, saying, you know, taking responsibility and and showing their authority, but at the same time not, you know, steamrolling over everyone else. Right in the okay. in the, yeah, in that, the actually that, that sorry Jeff but no yeah, go ahead Chris please that. no that's great. Um, so and it, and it doesn't change whether you're working for a big company or a startup um, because. You know, I've done both, and you know those those say it's like it's heightened in in the, the startup situation because everyone is so close together, but yet things change so quickly that you can't always take time to normalize all those relationships. Like, whereas in a large organization, it seems like you have time to do that. You know, everyone has a lot going on, and they're all kind of facing inward many times. But when right. they come back out in the product situation, where they're not just focusing on the marketing aspects of the of their organization, you know, that seems to me like that was a little easier at the bigger company. The startup is like much more um, concentrated, and I found that very interesting. 
Absolutely. Another another main section of the article you talk about is what you do as a UX professional that you won't do as a product manager. And uh, a couple of key points that I found in the article were product managers do not have the luxury of shooting for perfection in the theoretical ideal. And you talk about how the joke is the user experience. People always answer the question with, well, you know, it depends. Uh, so, Jeff, can you talk a little bit about, about that, that shift in terms of, you know, what they would be doing as UX, what they do now as a UX professional that they wouldn't do as a product manager? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, that that's a good one to start with. You know, as a you know UX person, usually you've, you're you're maybe a bit removed from the overall big picture, the the budgets, the timelines, things like that. So it so you kind of say, well, look, this is the best decision for the user, uh, without knowing really sometimes all the implications that um, that go into that. And and I think you know again, I've seen I, I've I've worked with product managers who who aren't as good at striking that balance and and still do shoot for that ideal, but Ultimately, it all comes back to having that good, solid vision for the product and saying, look, you know, is this good enough to get us towards our vision? Do we need it to be perfect? And, um, you know, since you're ultimately responsible, it's about making a lot of those trade-offs. I think, you know, as Chris mentioned, you know, UX people are used to make, making, you know, recommendations and saying, well, look, this is what I think the best thing for our users or customers uh, would be. But the product manager needs to decide, well, you know, that's great, but that might take an extra month to develop. Can we go with a simpler thing that might not be as good for our users, but would only take a week? Right. And I think the good UX people are doing that now. I don't. I don't mean to say that, you know, you, that's something you automatically switch on when you become a product manager. Because I think, as uh, UX folks start getting more awareness of the business context around and in which they're working, they're they're making a lot of those decisions today, even in their user experience role. I think the other probably the biggest shift. And this was something that I heard from people when I talked to them before I started my product management position is this, you know, you're not going to have the luxury of being down in the details. And if you really like doing wireframes and site maps and doing detailed design, um, you might not be a good product manager. I mean, I like it, but I've also, uh, you know, had to accept the fact that I'm not going to be able to do it. And I just don't have the time or the luxury um, to be able to do it. And I work with great designers and and people who can do a lot of that detailed work. But that's, I think, a challenge for anyone moving to product management from any role. You know, if you're a, a salesperson and you become a product manager, you're going to be, want to become very involved in the sales process of your product and, and a lot of the decisions around how the product is sold. But you've got a whole sales team that can work on that. You know, I might want to spend a lot of time working on the, the pixel by pixel design for the interface, but, you know, I've got a whole team of designers hopefully that can be working on that and I've got other you know things I need to look into at other aspects of the product at a more strategic level maybe but that's I think probably the hardest thing to one of the hardest things to to you know switch your mind from working as that individual contributor to now being kind of an overseer of everything that goes on Right. Uh, the other point that you make in this, Chris, is that product managers are not artists or expert practitioners uh, can you expand a little bit about on that idea? And how it relates to what they do now compared to what they would do as a product manager? Sure. Um, and that actually goes a little bit towards what Jeff was saying just a right. second ago is that, you know, everyone comes from somewhere. Um, and so, you know, you're going to be thinking about the, the place where you came from. Like, you know, user experience people are going to be, especially at first, and, you know, I was totally guilty of this myself, like really thinking of the interface a lot. Um, when I first became a product manager. Mm -hmm. um, but what I quickly found out was the, the time that I did that, the product suffered because uh, the, 
the other aspects of it, the engineering, the trade-offs, like the trying to fit the puzzle together in a way that made sense for the, that moment, um, it falls off. And you definitely, one of the worst things you can do is be um, meddling with other people's work. You have to, at some level, you need to be able to trust them and be taking their work and fitting that into the larger whole and then coming back with feedback and, you know, new work that actually satisfies what that vision is. That's the whole idea of that cycle between, you know, from vision to features and then using the market to monitor the results of that. And so, you know, you want to make sure that no one's coming to you and saying, you know, we need a new widget for this feature or whatever. You, know, it's you need to make sure you're, you're pushing the entire product going forward and that you know, the, the interface part, the engineering part, the marketing part, the pricing part, the service part, all that stuff is going the same direction and adding to that momentum instead of taking away from it. Right. And, and uh, you follow up with this idea about how to work better with your product manager now. And uh, you point to the, uh, Jeff, you point to the one idea of just start working with them more closely and understanding what they're doing specifically. Yeah, I think, you know, I, thinking back to the experience I've had in the past about, you know, where I had questions about well, why was this decision made or, you know, um, you know, well, this would have been better for our customers and why, why are we doing this instead? I think sometimes it was really I just didn't understand the bigger picture and the whole context of what's going on. So working closer with your product manager now as a designer to help understand, you know, what is the big picture and, you know, if you're recommending one thing and we're doing something else, what are the other impacts? Because it's not always about what's, you know, best for the interface or what's best for the customer and user. There might be, you know, other products that we need to uh, do things for. There might be strategic priorities that are outside of your product that you need to focus on. Um, there might be engineering or marketing or sales or finance things that, that you just don't have awareness of. And I think a good product manager will, you know, communicate that information as much as possible, but I know I'm guilty of it. You know, there's just so much information. I I try and share as much as I can with my team, but there's sometimes that I just don't know. Um, you know, I don't know what people don't know. So I think you know to work better with product managers now is just to understand the context of what you're working in, rather than having it be a kind of adversarial relationship. In some cases, I know it can be. Um, really, trying to seek ground and and you want to be someone you can who can be turned to as what you know they call the trusted advisor. Um, you know, not just on the user experience aspects, but potentially other aspects of the product as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and in the last part of paper, you start talking about studying and preparing for our product uh, management role. And you list you list a series of links. And uh, but I also wanted to help you uh, promote uh, your presentation that both of you are doing at the IA Summit coming up uh, this year in in Vegas. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about uh, what that's going to be about, Chris. So I mean, what we're going to try to do is take some of the ideas that we started to put forward in the in this article, especially the part about you know thinking about how to relate to your product manager, kind of take what aspects you can take from UX, bring that into the product management role, and then also starting to think about you know the challenges part, so that and you know go through um, from a workshop aspect, do comparative, like you know, be able to understand. How, what information you have to use for a decision at the higher level so that, you know, as you're starting to examine the possibility of moving into product management, that you really understand at a very hands-on level you know, what it means. So you can have some idea of what that experience feels like 
and you know maybe make a more informed decision. Yeah, I mean, I know I've I've talked with a lot of people in the past few years who are you know user experience people, kind of looking for what's next. You know, I, I don't want to be designing screens ten years from now. There's some people who do, and that's great, and you know they're they're great at it, and that and I, I think we need people like that. But there are also people who are kind of looking for what's the next step in their career, and um, you know I think our goal with the with these articles and our goal, especially with the pre-conference session at the IA summit, is really to help. UX people who are interested in maybe moving to product management just understand a little bit more about whether it's something they want to go to, into or not. So, you know, explaining a little bit about what you do as a product manager, going into more detail that we can really hit in an article, and then also having it so, you know, maybe some people walk out and say, look, you know, I understand more about product management, and this isn't for me. You know, now that I know a little bit more about it, it's, it's something that I don't think I want to go into, but I at least know how I can work better with product managers now. And then for the people who come and say, you know, yes, this is something I want to do. I'm definitely interested in it. Giving them some things that they can start doing to better prepare them. Because I know when I started as product manager, and most people I know who started as a product manager, it was kind of, you know, one day you're a product manager. Here right. you go. You yeah. know, and there's not a whole lot of preparation and training. And I think it actually it parallels a lot with the user experience uh, professions in that um, there's. Uh, you know, a lot of misunderstanding and mischaracterization and, and different organizations treat the roles differently. So there's not a real commonly accepted set of things. And I think that's probably a little bit um, more mature maybe in product management than in UX. But, um, you know, there's still a lot of a lot of people who are product managers who don't really know what a product manager should be doing. And, um, you know, our, our goal with this is really to help people who are interested in product management understand a little bit more about it and learn, you know, what they can do to prepare themselves for that role. Absolutely. You mentioned, uh, just uh, just one final thought, you mentioned two uh, major organizations for product managers, Product Development and Management Association, as well as the Association of International Product Marketing and Product Management. Um, so people can Google those things, or of course they can look them up on your article. Uh, are these associations sort of like the Information Architecture Institute? They provide a high-level context and information for product managers? Um, I think I think both of these, I mean, are really more, the PDMA is, uh, I Though more well known, at least as far as my experience has been, um, and as you know, a, a organization that deals with product management, not just technical product management, but you know any kind of product management and development. Um, AIPMM focuses a bit more on the marketing side as well. There really isn't any technical, um, you know, online or software type product management organizations. I think both of these are, are pretty mature, and they've got training and. Uh, resources and local groups and things like that, and then there's also again a lot of you know kind of informal groups either that are uh, around the country around the world that are either formally affiliated w with one of these two or informally just kind of you know groups of people in a city who are getting together to talk about product management. One thing that we haven't really talked about, and it's part of not only if you find that you know part of management is something you really want to look into, but it is the aspect of helping a product manager if they aren't getting out in the market enough like talking to them about you know bringing them along on your research or if they're going out to talk to customers that you go with them as, as a user experience person like that would be an amazing way to really get into the mindset of your product manager or as the product manager it's to you know really come together with your attitudes um, with your user experience people because you know what that does is it, it really shows you the kind of things that the other person 
is looking for in in their exploration. And that's not just a practitioner thing. It's not you know not just a product manager versus a user or researcher or a user experience person. That is a personal connection. Um, and obviously, it would be ideal if you could have that same connection with your technologists and your marketers and and your service people as well. But you know that is one way as a user experience person going into product management. Um, or vice versa, if you're working with your product manager, to really understand where they're coming from, and to kind of um, to you know to re get resonating with each other on you know what you're really thinking. Right. Um, well, yeah. But, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just say the, the the overlap. That's one of the one of the major overlaps between product management and user experience is that you need to be talking to the customers, and so you know. The more you get on board with each other there, the more that will infuse the product with the idea of serving customers. Right. Uh, because ultimately, we all learn best by experiencing the lesson directly. And uh, if product managers don't get into the field, then they can't under really understand what the what the what the crucial nature is of understanding your end users. It was uh, it was interesting. I was listening to a podcast by Marissa Mayer from Google, who's the vice president of uh, usability at uh, Google, and she was talking about the ten commandments of user experience. And the ninth one was about how. Uh, uh, was users, not money, and how Google has always followed the needs of their end users and not jumped into the latest fad in technology and to help create products. And obviously, uh, Google, Gmail, uh, Google Calendar, all of these tools online are some of the most uh, most popular tools for people to be using today. So that's, I think that speaks to your point. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And I think just to add to what Chris said, I think, you know, I know pretty much every user experience person I know is, you know, told a frustrating story about, you know, we, we found these things from the users and I have to spend weeks trying to convince the product manager that, that this is what people actually needed and this is what we're supposed to do. Right. And it's frustrating and you, and, it, and you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. And I know I've been through it before and I think most people have. You know, wouldn't it be great if you could, you know, not have to spend your time doing that and instead spend your time actually executing on what you learned? I worked on a product a couple of years ago where we did a, a a bunch of concept testing. We went out into the field and talked with with customers and users, and it was just me and the product manager. And you know, we after those couple of days, and then as Chris mentioned, you know, it's not just the the research you're doing. It's you know, well, you go to dinner and drinks afterwards, and you talk about stuff. And you know, when we got back from that trip, we we both um, really had a good understanding of our customers, and we agreed, and we really understood what we were supposed to be doing. So I didn't have to spend my time, you know, writing up a trip report and putting a presentation together and trying to convince them what uh what we should do it was you know we knew exactly what we needed to do and let's just start doing it so you know that was such a such a valuable experience for me and i know the product manager benefited a lot as well because it was something that maybe if i hadn't you know asked or really pulled him out he might have not done that on his own so it worked out great for both of us and ultimately you know helped the product out a lot brilliant well uh jeff flash and chris baum uh, thank you very much for joining me today thank you yeah, thanks for having us. It was great. Cheers. Again, the article is Transitioning from User Experience to Product Management, and you can find it on uh, boxesandarrows.com.